Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Hi Bob, the officially unofficial podcast for For All Mankind on Apple TV+. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking season four, episode seven, titled Crossing the Line. A lot of lines crossed here. Uh, figurative, physical, literal, all of the above. Uh, Aaron, what do you think of this episode? I think that this season's success is going to live and die based on this asteroid heist. That it yep. feels like this whole season has been clearing its throat and doing a tap dance and trying to get to this moment. Um, there's a, things about this episode I like. Um, unfortunately, I find it just wholly unconvincing, everything they're doing or dead. Um, and every single time they cut the old man Ed there in the middle of the striking Helos workers, I think this is stupid. This is this is not how this would really go. Hmm. Um I am kind of shocked at what seems like just some of the the laziest, most thoughtful like writing in some of the sequences. For example, how did the people that got blown up in the Argon fueling incident get back to medical treatment and safety? Mm-hmm. Palmer single-handedly drug them back through that tunnel. I think... I honestly don't think the writers even considered it they certainly didn't give me anything to indicate that there was a way that that could have happened um like i feel like they forget that they're not writing for star trek and there aren't actually teleporters um (laughs) just just some weird like self self self-inflicted wounds in the telling of this strike story where it seems like they're taking a lot of shortcuts they're like hammering characters that don't really fit the narrative thing that they're trying into the shape that they need to and I think that I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, I think I, what I honestly think I'm, I'm postponing judgment because I, I, I think that this asteroid heist has to be wildly entertaining and um, very thematically satisfying and set, you know, a potential season five up just beautifully. But I'm losing confidence in that they, for whatever reason, like I, this, this, this season, it just feels like they don't got it. So, Ah, uh, you know, I'm not ready to hit the panic button. Uh, there's still some fuel, still some fr- thruster fuel in the tank. We can try some more maneuvers, but I'm starting to think that oh god, everyone's gonna die. This yeah, is- surface is coming up awful fast. We're gonna skip off the atmosphere and be lost to space. Uh, what What are you thinking? Uh, I thought this was pretty much a return to form for. for well, okay. Time. Uh, I, I find it just believable enough that, you know, explosion happens and they send their other guys down through the tunnel to grab the injured people and pull them out. And they just didn't tell that part of the story because it's not the interesting part that they're wanting to tell. Um, mm. Yeah, a lot of my suspension of dis- disbelief is doing some heavy lifting here. Um, and And I'm kind of paving over some rough road for them in my mind. But I think... 
but I'm willing and yeah, maybe I'm just doing the same, reserving my judgment because uh, I think this asteroid heist is going to be awesome. But the end of this episode got me super excited again. And I it's I, designed like, to. Oh, 100 percent. You don't drop X going to give it to you without it being mm-hmm. super exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it felt like they were saving that moment up. So I, I hmm, do I have problems with Ed. I'm. I'm I mean, Ed has become a petty and uh, kind of shitty character at this point. All of his motivations are totally impure. He just wants to stick it to Danielle. He doesn't want to go home and be with his family. He doesn't know how to be a grandfather. Uh, None of the stuff that he's doing personally is satisfying to me, but it's not... I I don't necessarily view it as bad characterization. I mean, he... I don't want to say he comes by it honestly because he's kind of always been weird, but like I understand why he's doing the things he's doing, even if I don't like them. Okay. He's Maybe just... you can help me then. Cause what I think the, the show is wanting me to believe is that Ed's doing this for selfish reasons and you know, for, mm-hmm. for the, the wrong reasons. And he doesn't give a shit about these Helios employees. hundred percent. Yeah. But everything they've and and uh, that, I he's not dropping the act like he with rare exception acts like he is completely on the worker side and it's like if if this is that kind of like self-serving and you know like 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 uh skin deep kind of commitment to the worker's cause I would expect that to look a little different um really huh yeah i i see a guy who's trying to keep up appearances and danielle challenges him in that meeting early on in this episode personally uh and you know he he acknowledges uh yeah this is a hard one for me to back myself out of that corner but don't try and make this about me this is about the workers yeah and it's it's just like i don't like that this plot line has put you know saint danielle of the eternally correct opinions in like her halo has got a little bit of a tarnish um because she's just being mm-hmm. a stooge um uh, for the the government um like i said there's a lot that i liked about this episode it's just like i felt like it was yeah you know, it, it was is it, it was bending some of the characters i love in a natural directions and i yeah i just do not believe palmer could have fucking drug any of those people like they 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 did a shitty job of setting that scenario up for me to believe like he they did a way too job of convincing me that the workers just had a like just a fate accompli like they got all the suits out there all the entrances were blocked like even if the miners wanted to be like oh shit a disastrous happened here's all the suits i'm sorry sorry i don't believe like with the amount of injuries those people sustained that like yeah, I just don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't buy you can get that many people through the tubes. And okay. if it if it was like an all hands on deck miners, like okay, well we didn't want this to happen. Let's get the suits back. And like they could have told that story and they didn't. Yeah. So like and I, I think, think you're supposed to believe the that they just pulled everyone through those tubes, and that's ridiculous. That's kind of the story of the season, right? Is they could have told that story and they just didn't. And I think if there's gonna if we're gonna look back on this. You know, we're going to be super impressed by the asteroid heist and everything's going to be great by the end of the season. That will still be the sticking point. Yeah, they could have done better. And and it's a slight like this is something that we noticed last season. And it's like the um, the 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 faulty 
asteroid pins with the faulty cables. Like there's starting to be some shimmying and shaking. Now the perturbate, you know, the the perturbations of our orbits are really increasing, and it's starting to do structural damage to my suspension of disbelief. And they got to get that shit nailed down. Like it does pile up, you know. Yeah. Uh, once you break people, um, and then they start to realize what you're doing and shortcuts you're taking they become more obvious every time and they become more annoying every time and i like but i I do like what they're doing i think some of the stuff they're doing with this strike is pretty smart i like that um the 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 powers that be are instantly jumping to label this as terrorism when no it has nothing to do with has nothing to do with terrorism like the this is a self-inflicted gunshot wound that the astronauts and cosmonauts did to themselves because for whatever reason they're more interested in carrying the water of yeah i mean like i said that they're doing a really good job of that storytelling but uh yeah i I know why for sure yeah it's just that uh they're not backing it up with the careful details uh the careful attention to detail that i always thought was a hallmark of the show Mm. all right well maybe we should get into the actual recap here yeah you're listening to hi bob we'll be right back When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, Bob. Welcome back to more For All Mankind. We start off with uh, day seven of the workers' strike. Ed and his workers negotiate with Danielle and her people. Danielle has made what she thinks is a fair offer, but it's been turned down. And she is getting frustrated and asks Ed how far he's willing to take this. And he asks, how much are you willing to lose? Uh, Yeah, I think he... the, the one time he let the mask slip was when he's like, you, you got to get off your goddamn throne and give us what's fair. And um, the mask slip enough that I felt like, and, and it's something that Sam noticed, but I feel like they never fed that back and like had a like leadership, like no one challenges Ed on like, we don't buy your commitment to our cause. We don't think that you're negotiating with good faith. We need you like I I felt like he cut Sam, who was the leader of the labor movement off at the knees in that meeting. And there was no other, you know, there there was there was no deliberations on the labor side. In fact, that would be a problem if he were pushing for something that Sam didn't agree with. But they're 100 percent aligned on their actual mission here. Yeah, Ed's mm-hmm. not doing it for the right reasons. He's not doing it for pure reasons, but he's 100% I felt pushing like, for her goal. I felt like they needed another minute before Dev showed up because there was a fracture. Sam was the one being like, hey, we got to call this off. There was nothing, you know, we didn't intend for this to happen. And Ed's like, no, we got to stay strong. That would be, I think, for a better show. And I think this is a 43-minute episode of Tide. They they had the time. Yeah, for sure. Like there was definitely time to tell that story. I, I I needed to see that fracture in the late like they're telling a story of like, you know, Clay trying to stick to iron here, right? Ed's not 
of the people. He has not got the same motivations. He's got impure motives and dirty hands. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, if I take a step back, you look at the way the show is framing it. And from the show's internal perspective, I think it believes that the striking workers are bad and that everyone at NASA and Ross Cosmos are technically the good guys. And if you pay attention to like how the musical cues go, when the workers do something, they play the ominous, this is a crisis, the astronauts have to deal with music. When the astronauts, cosmonauts circumvent the workers, there's the, the far all mankind triumph music starts playing. And it's just like, it's really weird for the show to kind of put its thumb on this, what I think is the wrong side of the scale here. And it's like really fucking with my, you know, when, when I see like, and, and I would just like one person like Will or one of the scientists when they're, they're talking to like someone suggests, what if we just pay these people? Earth's got yeah, a 20 it's... trillion dollar payday. What how many people are what if we all just made him a millionaire and got back to work, which is kind of what Deb mm-hmm. does. But he does it in this like shitty, heavy handed man. It, it, it annoyed me throughout the whole episode that it felt like they were constantly framing it as workers bad nasa cosmonauts good heroic even though they're showing from and maybe they're trying to i don't know i don't know that that's just that was a frustration for me and i felt like um from this scene forward they that i didn't feel like there was an honest conversation on the worker side about what to do with ed or even like a strategy session and uh all the stuff i got from the nasa roscosmos um you know u.s government moscow side was a bunch of self-serving bullshit and, and and no one ever said hey maybe we should just pay these people like will would have been a great person mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. he suggests you know deputizing a goon squad be like you know we could just pay these people and like just throw that out there but even will the the, the our, our 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 gay astronaut that we loved so much last season is just going like you know what we should just get the boot up there and put it on their necks like god damn well will might not be the right person because he's not helios i mean there's no one who can pay them except for helios so uh i mean maybe they could you know make them is that official government true? employees and yeah i, 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 don't say, I, I, I mean sure like, the government can give money to anyone they want i suppose but yeah, like yeah some kind is of that special, their, is that their special place? tax some kind of special tax credit for martians you know that well i i look at this not as i i don't know they they, they did their thing with like labor versus management or executives the c-suite people yeah uh labor versus capital i guess i i try i'm trying to look at what they're doing now because they're pushing this into another direction they're pushing this to somewhere we can get for a bigger thing in season five i think which seems to be the for all mankind of it all right like the Mm-hmm. Are we are we going to get stuck? Like, are the workers going to have a small win here and get more money, and we get stuck in the same patterns of, you know, private versus public interest up on Mars? Or are we going to push towards something better? And I feel like they're they're trying to push it in a direction that's like something better. So maybe that's what they're at. Like, the workers here are essentially rooting for the status quo in a lot of ways which is you know that divide between labor and capital and then dev and ed are now going to be working towards something better you know um and and i don't know how that shakes out because i don't know what the better is right if i did i'd be pushing for it here in our real world and and i agree that like 
when you try and relate it to the things going on in our society today, it does feel a little bit like they're on the wrong side on this show. But the goals are the goals are misaligned because like the the workers want more money for themselves, but Danielle's trying to get this asteroid for everyone. So like the show kind of has it in a place where you do want to root for Danielle over these workers. If if you can, uh, but it's tricky too because all of this is framed in the profit motive, and that's that's the sticky part, right? Like Danielle wants to do something good, but that actually means a huge win for Helios. So yeah, I, I, it, it's there will it's people real get tricky be getting to, rich to make off that this. transition. Yeah, and it's like I I don't um. It's weird, like, so if I accept that framing, if I if I understand what you're saying, and I, and I might not, but like, if I accept that framing, then it's like seems to be the, sh- the show's opinion that for us to benefit for all mankind, the little people just need to make all the sacrifices, and the big people will get the profit take and profit share, and until I guess until we what? just get yeah. to a better future. Yeah, we just we just let the big people have their money and have their wins, and us little people do all the work. So you have some altruistic leader take over and and create a better system after we've sacrificed. Yeah, I. If you believe, I, I don't know. This is, is the capable, hard part, right? You know, and so when I see so cynical, like it's like like is is Dev the hero here because he just cynically I don't know using, yet. you know, like like using this Harambe, uh, shit that you know they they were talking about, um, you know, cynically exploiting that against the workers. Like I actually, I, I thought for a brief second when he was kind of stonewalling Danny, I'm like, holy shit, I was accidentally right last week. The dev's going to come here and he's going to be like, you know what? Fuck Earth. I'm a Martian. I'm going to do what's right by Mars. And I think broadly speaking that he's he is doing that. But I have a hard time getting on board with any movement that starts with fucking the workers and dividing them mm-hmm. and then being like, but I'm the strong man that's going to do right by Mars. And get, like, I, I mean, will he's using you, textbook uh, union busting tactics textbook. And it's right. It's funny because like I'm watching the Gilded Age. It's my fun guilty pleasure show. And uh, it's all about like, you know, like uh, the 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 Carrie Coon's husband, the kind of you know, Lord Grantham protagonist of this series came this close to being a hissable villain. Like he had his, uh, his, his workers had unionized and they had shut down his factory and he was bringing U S military troops to escort scabs. And they were forming firing lines to kill all the workers to get into. And he finally at the last minute called it off. Cause I'm like, I was looking, I'm like, man, is he gonna, I feel like dev is like, so they they avoided their protagonist of like just being a completely hissable villain. I feel like Dev kind of did the 21st century version of that where he just rolled in there with a whole bunch of like buy, buying contracts out for pennies on the dollar, um, you know, broke the back of the labor movement on Mars. And yeah. so like maybe all the Martians can be robber barons, but like they certainly are no closer to like the for all mankind concept as i said i I don't know i mean i can squint and see it in the future uh but i have to squint pretty hard Uh, and dev is such an enigma such an enigma at times that like he goes and does something you know that i find reprehensible which is bust up that union uh and then he goes and says hey we're gonna steal this asteroid for mars and i don't know what for mars means and his fellow conspirator is also a terrible moral human being as well so it's like yeah. do i trust a show that they're going 
to tell this like I, that's the thing is like do I trust a show and I used to like I used to implicitly trust it but like mm-hmm. I this after this this year it's like I guess I don't mm-hmm. um I have some questions to, about the timeline in this episode uh we so we start seven days later from the start of the strike and mm-hmm. suddenly Dev and Kelly and Alex are all up on Mars how is that possible? They were in transit. So like we have time, a, we have a time, 10 week timeline from the start from the moment they notice that the asteroid is yeah. headed their way. Yeah. 10 weeks. As I understood it, it took 2 months to get to Mars even on their well, accelerated in, engines. In the, it, it's a, it's just at a month at the optimum time and I don't know if this is the optimum time or not but like according to the preseason release material they've they've knocked that down to a month under optimum conditions. But no, you might be right. Like yeah, if like but but I think time elapsed in the last episode too and that's the thing that we're not. But again, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. again, I think the show could do a better job of holding her hand through that with like you know, maybe they need title cards that say X amount of weeks later if they're doing the timing and all that kind of stuff. Honestly, anything that can help this audience suspend their disbelief at this point, I would appreciate. You know, yeah. And I mean, it's, it's not. It's I'm not asking that for they much. Don't do that. Right. Um, but I don't necessarily think it's a good pattern that I've been seeing. Yeah, I mean, if the storytelling is really firing on all cylinders. It can work, but I I agree. I need. It just there's a lot of attention to detail. I'm going to point it out as I go through, but just stuff that like, you know, I don't think they're even trying on some things, even things that the show used to pride itself, like scientific accuracy and, um, you know, how Ashley is out in space. Uh, all right. Eli talks with Arena about the strike difficulties. They're both feeling the heat from their bosses. The strikers are demanding uh, for Goldilocks to end up in Mars orbit they decide to order the astronauts to restart the fuel generators themselves, even though they're not trained on the equipment. This will be the cause. This will be the true cause. It's not terrorism. It's astronauts working on equipment when they're not trained and thinking that they can just hack shit together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is like going to Ilya and saying, hey, can you make this thing work? <laughs> yeah. Well, sure, it's just a give perversion. me a piece of the North Korean's fridge and I'll be, it'll be good. It's a perversion of the Apollo 13 ethos for purely profit. Like, you do a bunch of wild shit and improvise when you're trying to save lives and otherwise you're going to die. You shouldn't be doing this just to make a buck. And that's what's happening here. Yeah. Like, they are putting themselves in harm's way, not because it's the only way to get through, but because it's the only way to make the money that they can see by keeping all the money. And that's disappointing for like and then like the fact that like none of the astronauts balked at it um, well because this is a thing this is this is a tricky thing to to do here a story to tell because they're trying to tell a story of something that is inherently good for humanity mm-hmm. but is also being chased by the higher ups for profit and and yeah. by the the powers involved for profit and the people on the ground in some cases have competing interests and they have high-minded ideals and think this is amazing, but they also want to get paid. And like that, I think they're doing a good job of showing how sticky the wicket is of like private versus public good. Yeah. Except for, I don't man, because 
the, the, the crux is like that it is for the good of all mankind mm-hmm. but not all mankind is going to profit off of it a very small fraction of mankind is going to profit and yeah, none of the nations. people who are going to profit well not even the seven nations it's going to be a select people select companies within those nations that are going to benefit from it right uh, Helios most uh, you know is going to have a one trillion dollar windfall and then the people who are actually doing the work are not the same ones that are taking that profit. So it's just mm-hmm. like the people that are taking on a profit are using that like for all mankind as a cudgel. But like Dev ain't taking a fucking pay cut. He ain't donating his company to to uh, the world. Right. He's not going to like give shares of Helios to every citizen in the world. Yeah, I think um, he might have. He might just have inadvertently done it. We'll see at the end of this episode. But oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. I and like I said, I, I could be, like crazy. I said, this this whole season is going to hinge on what they do with this asteroid heist, because I will forgive a lot if that is a very cool plot that says something interesting about the state of the world and interplanetary travel and politics and all that kind of stuff. It's just that, you know, I, I as I say that, I, I feel like it lacks conviction because every point that I've expected some careful attention the detail based storytelling they've kind of not delivered this season yeah i i'm feeling like this season has been slowly watching someone sink into quicksand uh just like them laying out all of the complicated relationships within our uh economy and government and labor pool and then like yeah dev kind of being at the edge of the sand pit holding out a stick and I'm not quite sure if he's taunting me or genuinely trying to reach me with it. Mm-hmm. I it's I, I don't know. There's there's something compelling about it to me, but also I agree it has not been like perfectly told. But it's so I feel like it's such a complex thing to do. Uh, but let's. It's go hard, yo. Like, it's hard, but like also that's not a license to do it shitty. Oh sure, yeah. Like if you I, can't I tell the story well. well, then tell a different story. You know. Hmm. I don't know the trajectory of this. It's it's like uh, an asteroid that's been thrown into out, out of orbit. The trajectory is determined. They've got to yeah. get from here to Star Trek Future Utopia. Yeah. Th- somewhere along the way, they have to tell this story. So, and it could be they're telling a tragedy. That's the other thing we can't dismiss. It. They could like you know we talked about an yeah. asteroid smack into Earth. Like what if? And it's not out of like a technical problem, just out of hubris and greed mm-hmm. that you know the earth gets gets hit by one kilometer asteroid like that would just be but then you know that's like we're we're like i we're talking about the expanse we're we're going into the expanse Uh future and not the star trek future and uh or we're just talking about our current day hubris and greed are destroying the planet yeah that's that's how it goes yeah all right let's go to sam trying to maintain solidarity amongst her budding union with ed's help Someone reports that they're going to start the generators and Ed riles up the crowd. Uh, yeah, this is definitely a, a challenge of the labor union. The fact that you, we talked about this last week, that you're, you know, a lot of times the people striking are personally going to never recoup the costs. You know, like there's a lot of Hollywood writers and actors who are going to never make up the lost income that they gave up in the last six months. Mm-hmm. They're over the course of their creative lives. 
but they're doing it so that the people coming into the industry, you know, so the industry can stay healthy. They're taking a big personal hit. So for all writer kind, for all actor kind can, um, you know, for all teamster kind can, can still prosper. Um, and they're showing that like how hard it is to maintain that solidarity because it's almost everyone's immediate economic benefit to just go back to work. That's a shit situation, yeah. but at least we're getting paid. Our families were eating, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and I thought this this felt authentic. I just hate that Ed is the kind of backbone of the movement. Like the and I, I'm not sure exactly where they're going with that because like I can't think of anything from like recent history that they're trying to ape to. It's like oh, you know, like uh, like like some kind of corrupt core of a of a of a workers movement. You know, kind of it, it's it's weird. Mm-hmm. You know, because Ed's management, you usually don't see management uh-huh. crossing over into the worker side and saying this is horseshit. Yeah, because management's usually kept fed and fat and happy, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the tension. They're, so, yeah, it's it's a weird ahistorical thing they're pulling here. Yeah. Uh, and they, and I, I could buy it to Ed's that petty, but like, why are mm-hmm. they doing it? What What is the benefit of having Admiral Baldwin on the picket line for for corrupt reasons and so he can then lose and then team up with dev who uh gives him another opportunity to be petty <laughs> who is also who's also doing things for the right uh, corrupt reasons right you know it's like ah that's uh, yeah it's it's, I, it's still debatable i really do think it's still debatable i don't trust dev but i also don't necessarily want to rule him out I mean, the devs kind of got to cry over how much a mom loves her son and then go to Mars and completely cut the knees under hundreds of moms and dads with with cute children at home that use that message. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also to to because I really believe in Mars. Right. I'm trying to usher humanity into the next phase of growth. I maybe I don't know. I mean, we've seen him how he cynically uses and uh, discards ideologies. Um you know when when you because like that's it it goes back to his talking to his mom i've been thinking about that a lot so we talked about on the last episode it's like i don't i'm not sure what to believe because he abandoned that harambe shit last season not before he got backstabbed or not after he got backstabbed he abandoned it when it went against his own self-interest yeah so it's like I think they're telling a story of of Dev being kind of a corrupt, selfish person that likes to wallpaper his ambition and selfishness with high-minded ideals, and then once when, when when you know people people who have followed him because they bought into that system, when he reveals that it's all a bunch of bullshit, they no longer buy into it. Then he perceives that as persecution and betrayal. So it's like. Yeah, I don't yeah. trust this guy. He doesn't even process information correctly, as far as mm-hmm. I can tell. And I do wonder where the show is going with that. Are they trying to tell us that you need people who are self-interested and that have like their ego in mind when they're doing these very grandiose things yeah. that benefit humanity? And then what? And then at some point, we need to discard them and use the systems that they've set up to better everyone. Uh, maybe, maybe that feels. That doesn't feel very intellectually or ethically satisfying either. Like we'll I don't cynically know that there's use, a satisfying we'll cynically path forward. Use, yeah, that's that's like also I, possible. Yeah. The, the thing that kills me about our situation is I just don't I don't see the satisfying path. We the cynically use our betters for everyone. 
We cynically use our betters with resources to build big institutions and systems for us that then we just pilfer and take from them. I mean, they pilfered and taken along the way, so it seems well, like turnabout is fair play there. Like, I would have no compunction about kicking Dev out of some utopia that he made because he doesn't agree with, the, you know, the way that the utopia should go. Yeah, when true. it's clearly in the best interest of everybody else. Kick yeah. him out, you know? Good, thank him for his service and send him on away with uh, his paycheck. I don't know. And it does seem like that's how a lot of progress is made, you know? Like, you get... Uh, uh, yeah like you know when people came to america they started jonestown the first colony uh eventually you know James, great britain's jamestown. like jamestown rather yeah. jonestown something totally different <laughs> don't go to jonestown uh and then eventually it got big enough to where like the powers of beer like yoink this is actually we're gonna make states out of this and then those states right. overthrew other states and it's so it's like yeah it's like at some point it's all just it's all just it's all just pickpocketing all the way down mm-hmm yeah yeah it's it's nasty business and it's complicated and i yeah that's why i'm not like too hard on this story because i think there's some there are some failures of storytelling here but there's a lot of just it's messy it's hard it's messy it's icky but it doesn't feel messy from illumination it feels messy because it's in the dark and i don't feel like they know what's going on either like if Mm. if the messiness is part of the plot but it feels like the messiness is the stuff you're noticing off frame and like in the right the writer's room to me it doesn't feel like a, a like a, a like oh this is a this is a really intractable thorny problem yeah i don't know let's keep on going because i'm i'm, yeah, I'm yeah. arguing with a lot of the episode that hasn't even happened yet yep let's do it uh so the astronauts go to start the generators but find all of their suits out on the surface they also apparently uh don't have any rovers because the workers use those to block the airlocks uh, at the generator facility Danielle asks her team how they're going to solve this and they decide to go under the ground instead of over it by using the sewer sewage system I don't know I can't tell if it's a sewage system exactly but it's a tunnel system to get to the generators it's their gray water Ugh. yeah how many who has spacesuits left uh no one that's not possible. You can't leave <laughs> all know. the spacesuits on the surface. That's so what I was thinking. They're screwed. They're stuck here now until they get a resuit, uh, a suit supply. But I don't even know how they do that. You'd have to get someone at the shuttle. Oh, I guess the shuttle Phoenix, could yeah. bring new suits, or they apparently they can fabricate, they can sew more. But no, I, I think that there's a handful of suits still left. It's the only thing that makes sense. Um, Are they hidden away on level four? They must be, but like, I. If yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. If I, because I, part of me is like, well, if we're gonna go to jackbooted goonery, they should have just done that and found the space suits. But like, eventually, if you continue to thwart the workers' legitimate efforts to keep keep you from scabbing them, you're going to make violence on one side or the other inevitable. Mm-hmm. And. uh which is why yeah, Dev's like, play is much better when he gets here. But and and still. I just I just wish there was always someone in the room being like, as things got more desperate, and as like now the astronauts are talking about crawling through gray water sewage, like no no one, not even Saint, not even Danny, would be like, can we just pay these people? You know, like why can't we put pressure on Dev to pay these people? You know, it's twenty trillion dollars we're chasing. 
let's pay these people. Well, the, We're investing a trillion dollars not, into equipment. Why can't we take a fraction of that and give it to the people? Okay, so I I think you're wrong. You're you're not taking into account their actual goal here. Their goal is not to get paid in the moment. Their goal is to get that asteroid around Mars, make it for them so that they have future job security as well. And that is something that absolutely cannot happen based on what we saw last episode with the negotiations with the M7. They're not willing to put up the money. Dev Dev frames all this out later, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it's not as simple as just pay them. They don't want money right now. What they want is money and future job security. And they're unable. They'll never get that. They'll never get it. So they're pushing. Ed is pushing them down a road that is an unattainable goal, uh, which Dev is going to come in and say later in the episode. And that's the that's the sticking point. It's not just, oh, here's an easy well, out. Let's just give them money. And if Dev said, okay, you got to flex. Look, that's you have to flex on this thing because this is an unflexible thing. That would be one thing, and then like, but you know, we, we can get you paid. We can guarantee that like, when ma- mining operations transfer to Earth, that you guys will be the first. You know, like you guys are already trained to do this stuff, so you'll be the ones. We'll bring you back. Like, I think they could have done that, but instead, it's like Dev's like that's the one thing they won't flex on, and then you find out at the end of his episode he's going to steal it anyway. I, like I said, I need to wait for stuff in the future yeah. to happen. I'm, Danielle I'm borrowing too much trouble. Danielle does offer. You know, uh, through Helios, I guess she's been in communication. Uh, does offer some retraining, guaranteed retraining, which, is, which they turn down because it's bullshit, yeah. as they say. And and we know that's bullshit. Like every single like you know the the retraining that they've all we we've seen the bullshit training that you get if your sector gets you know downsized as a whole in the economy. It, it's it's not worth anything. You know, short of yeah, giving someone four years of college. That's what people need when they lose their entire li- livelihood in the middle and in, in, in middle life, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, six weeks cor- course on whatever. And, and, and if you look at, you know, I think John Oliver did a couple of years ago, like an expose on what these retraining programs are. Like some of it is just like literally like Adobe Flash software that teaches people to sort shapes and stuff. And it's like, oh, we're training you to you know work on a conveyor belt for fedex or whatever it's like that's not that's not career retraining right that's just that's just taking government money wasting it pocketing most of it and not and and saying you're helping people and not so it's like you know but it's it's, it just shows that like the gulf between you know what the helios employees are asking for which includes something like the moon that they can't ask for but Danny just offering them something they're not even asking for and that they know is bullshit. It's like there's there was never a good faith effort from Helios to try to like I would have I would have been impressed if Helios if they came up with an offer that I think a person watching a television would be like, damn, maybe those workers are being a bit greedy. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe they are overreaching. Maybe, maybe the argument like I never felt like that. Now, maybe I'm just like, well, no, I know I'm extremely left wing and progressive and pro labor. So like maybe that's like maybe you, if you're more conservative, you're watching a show and already at that point. So maybe I'm a bad reference point, but unfortunately, I'm the guy recording half of this podcast. So I, I would have loved to seen something where it made it feel like the powers that be were at least trying when they see how yeah. crazy the solutions that they keep engineering to get around the fact that we're just need to pay the people that can do this, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I mean... I'll agree. Danielle is not a great negotiator, and I think Dev 
is dev comes in he solves this problem basically immediately with one conversation um and you know by, by I giving, actually... giving a lot of these workers everything they are asking for within reason uh and more and more surprising them with an offer that's so generous that yeah most people cannot turn it down and for a limited a time FOMO only, thing yeah. too yeah yeah exactly not, not not even just a fomo but fomo plus uh everybody else is getting prosecuted <laughs> It's also not clear to me why the uh, astronauts and cosmonauts are like in rock solid solidarity with each other, because I feel like more than a few of them would be like, you know what? We were fine risking our lives and doing a whole bunch of shit work when we were doing this for like science and research and betterment and advancement of humanities. But like we're doing it for Helios's pocketbook. What's the what the fuck? Mm -hmm. You know, like not a single astronaut or cosmonaut wants to see their bottom line increase. They're fine with getting their government pay, even though. You know, guys like Dev might pocket a trillion dollar windfall. Like that seemed unrealistic. That like the workers are having so much trouble maintaining solidarity, but on the astronaut and cosmonaut side, they're just, you know, they just are they they just get in line. That felt weird hot, to me too. Hot pasta meals go a long way, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh so um I I also thought it was fairly interesting to see how condescending and and what a low opinion the astronauts have of these workers because mm -hmm. they one of them when they're trying to figure out you know whether they can use these tunnels is like oh yeah this wouldn't even occur to them Th these idiots are so dumb like they they haven't thought one step ahead of where they're going here this wouldn't occur to them at all such condescending you thought of it motherfucker yeah why couldn't they of course, they didn't. Turns we'll out see they, through they the didn't, show, but, but also... But they did grab one of your regulators, so they had a backup plan, too. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's just a really... You see the tension there. It's they're, They don't even think of them as uh, the same class of people. Yeah. Well, we've seen, like... I, I can't remember this summer, last summer, there was a strike where... Like they're like, memo, internal memos went around where it's, like, upper management is like, well, we'll just run this thing. Fuck them. You know, and like they did that for like exactly one day and then the strike was over the next day because they realized, oh, shit, this is hard. We don't know what the fuck we're doing. Yeah. You know, like so it's like it, there is a little <laughs> bit of that mirrored here with the astronauts. Kind of, I, I agree. There's a there's a note of arrogance of like, oh, these these fucking, you know, maintenance, these janitors think they're going to like get one over on us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you got your your will hunting in there. And again, like this a guy like Palmer is going to like crawl through, you know, stinky bilge water to in to to help mankind, but also to enrich a very few people. Mm -hmm. I wish I wish they they yeah. represented that viewpoint. No, it's hard. It's hard, but yeah, maybe they didn't do it as well as they could have. Uh, Margot reports to work as a newly defected member of the Soviet Union and gets a warmer welcome than she's used to. Uh, with her new seat at the table, literally, she helps set the record straight on Helios and NASA's relationship uh, in one of these meetings. And Margo gives the team the information that Tatiana has calculated an, an intercept course for the asteroid. Then Margo stays behind after the meeting is adjourned and is told by Arena that they want her to go to Houston to be the liaison with NASA. I like this. This is another thing that we talked about a couple of weeks ago is that one of the problems throughout the Cold War is that, you know, Washington would constantly make decisions based on what they thought their understanding of how Moscow saw the world and Moscow would do the same. And they fundamentally just don't understand because they're within the societies they live in. 
it's clear that this uh, old Politburo member, the idea that there's an American company where the principal CEO would tell the president, just go fuck yourself, you know, mm-hmm. like is like that's not how any of their companies, even in like the Glasnost area, would have been run. So it's like he thinks that's just this is bullshit. Like clearly Helios is, 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 is acting in bad faith to fuck over Russia for the expense of at the expense or at their expense for U uh, S benefit. Mm-hmm. When Margot knows, no Helios will is, is happy to fuck over everybody and, and, and make everybody pay up. They're going to get a sweetheart deal to America. I thought that was interesting. Uh, bold of her just laugh at this guy though uh that's the thing and as he leaves the room he gives a kind of look over toward the camera and margo and arena and like he he didn't appreciate that yeah for sure yeah for sure but I, I don't know what power he has here i wonder if they're trying to tell the story of uh women getting a lot more power in that government structure uh in this fictionalized timeline because you see that like he i i I, the interactions I've seen with them feel like they are not nearly as progressive. Stop me if you think I'm wrong about this. Not nearly as progressive as the For All Mankind U.S. is. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Because, like, Bullfinch is running the place, right? I think mm-hmm. what you're seeing is skepticism for Margot being a woman is more skepticism because she's a filthy imperialist capitalist. And, yeah, this could and be Anna my Double. version of misunderstanding. And a spy... So they don't trust her anyway, and they're kind of like probably don't think that she should be running this joint. I, that's what I thought because like yeah, like yeah. how do I square that with the, the respect that the Bullfinch co- covers? And in fact, the whole reason that America was playing catch up with the Soviet Union is because like I feel like, and in my independent study of the matter is that yeah, there were some things that the Russians were more egalitarian uh, than us in terms of like women, female scientists, uh, engineers uh education like they were a lot they were more on board with that but then again i don't there's never been a a a a a, a, a woman premier mm-hmm. uh so it's like you know maybe there was a little bit of a glass ceiling it was higher it was higher in you know in, in the 1960s in, in russia than it was here in the united states but maybe there sure. it is still there yeah i don't know i don't know uh it could just be me fundamentally misunderstanding the russian uh hierarchy there yeah next up aleda and her family watch her pre-recorded eagle news interview with goldie uh about goldilocks but more importantly about her feelings on the traitor margo madison and she is shocked to hear that margo is coming back to houston and that whole interview just ends spectacularly uh and and, and i guess the follow-on here on this is Alita and her husband also talk about what a provocation uh, Margo's return is both personally and nationally. Um, and he tells her that she should push back. I, I don't like his assessment of her reaction in this interview. Uh, just saying, Oh, don't worry about it. This will all blow over in no time. Why does this need to blow over? She was lured here under false pretenses to talk about something uh, and put on the spot on live television. Well, not live pre-recorded television, uh, she didn't agree to this interview this particular interview she thought she was here for a very different reason she was ambushed I think mm. it's perfectly warranted to tell this person fuck you and storm off the set yeah yeah uh, and also I think it's perfectly legit to hold a grudge against Margot the rest of your life 
you know she can Absolutely. regret it and feel sorry but like you can still not forgive her like that's that's uh uh that's a big betrayal that the that they, they fostered on her for sure sometimes the decorum is not warranted uh and yeah. when people trick you and mislead you and exploit you fuck your decorum <laughs> i'm gonna tell i'm gonna tell you what an awful person you are and i'm gonna storm out and not participate in your bullshit sorry yeah i agree um I, I also want to talk about Aleda and 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 Margot and that scene that we just because the one thing we didn't talk about in the scene before is Aleda uh, Margot's taking a shine to that one young Russian woman engineer Tatiana. They def- yeah. yeah, they definitely sent Tatiana to be like the Russian Aleda. Mm-hmm. Where do you think that's going? Is that is that is that is that going? Are they building her up so that she can be KGB black bagged and? kind of like turn Margo against her Russian masters or like what is like there anything husband. that can turn Margo because Margo's going for like I'm I'm above politics I am here for the science and for the asteroid and I don't care if it's 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 very Von Braun you know it's like ah uh, yeah sure I'll I, I work under the Nazis but not because I like the Nazis because I wanted to do rocket science and then I work for the Americans and do you think she's doing kind of similar thing or is there a line that she will not cross speaking of all these cross lines uh i who is there a line she won't cross i don't know i feel like she's crossed every line that i could really think of i mean she's divulged national secrets she's defected she's delivered a speech claiming that the u.s is horrible and that Russia is amazing. <laughs> like I, I'm trying to think of the next line she could potentially cross. Yeah, if she's I, asked that, to that, black bag someone herself, like here, take this bag and stick it over Tatiana's head, maybe. Yeah, that's I are yeah. They they that I I feel like they're building her into where that she has no line that she won't cross, that she has justified so much. Hmm. But she's most of the mo- most of the things that she's had to born were were carried by herself. You know, it's like she could always mm-hmm. say, "It's like, well, I didn't blow up the NASA building. That was some kind of terrorist, and I just, you know, I didn't ask to be saved from that." It's like, but if mm-hmm. that, you know, they go after like her Aleda equivalent in Russia for no good reason. I could see that yeah. that snapping her out of whatever she's in. Yeah, we'll but see. also, I, I mean, because they I can would, just explain it away, you know. Oh, we didn't do anything to Tatiana; she left, you know. I mean, Dark Margot is a pretty interesting plot line to go down. I suppose so. It's an amoral, yeah. amoral science scientist. Yeah, we'll see where that goes. Uh, so we're back in Happy Valley, or I guess in orbit first, where Kelly, Alex, and Deb are coming down from the Phoenix. Kelly and Alex are greeted by Danielle. Deb is greeted by Palmer. And then Danielle takes him off to talk about the new developments. And then Ed spots Kelly, gives her a warm greeting, but Alex doesn't want to hug him. And he tries not to let that bother him. Might be because Kelly just shoulder checked her son's face. Did you see that awkward? (laughs) Is that the best take they had? Because he was kind of like pulling away from grandpa and going into her like, you know, like like kids do, like like kind of put her face in. At the same time, Kelly was getting on her knees to like go into his level and his face just goes bam into her shoulder. (laughs) 
this right in the face and he get the kid kind of like staggers back it's like they covered him up but i that's the only thing i could notice on subsequent watches uh he'll be fine he's got that martian air in him now yeah um i was wondering what the martians would think about a kid being brought to the base in the midst of all this not we're not gonna none of that yeah we're not gonna nope we're not gonna see any of that talked about that's not gonna be yeah that's just its own separate deal yeah not here in this 40 minute episode at least yeah um Um, yeah what do you think about did you were you surprised that uh, kelly's kid was a little bit reserved around ed I, I guess I, I suppose I was a little surprised but he is a effectively a stranger I mean I know he's got you know messages from him and his mom's been telling him hey this is your grandpa but he's never met him I can see it yeah I got I, th- I think it, it it rung true to me as a little surprised with how high he was on Poppy and how disappointed yeah. he was he wasn't coming home but maybe he has internalized that and you had to scare his mom maybe abandoning mm-hmm. him and that's what I was thinking yeah, I wonder if there's something tied into that too. Yeah, it could be. Um, I will say this. Mm-hmm. Talked about the fact that this show's pretty lazy about the differences in gravity between Earth and Mars. Palmer, like when he like like I don't know if it's written like this or he improvised it, but when Kelly handed her his bags, they did the like gag where the guy's like, oh, when he picks up this woman's bags. There's not a fucking bag Kelly could have possibly packed that would have had an adult male in in reasonable health grown under the strain on one third Earth's gravity. Like yeah. this is just again the easiest fucking thing in the world is to have these big bags and then the guy just effortlessly pick them up because it's one third Earth gravity. Yeah, I'm not expecting people to adjust. God forbid people adjust their gait or you know pay like but like this was the I I, I was shocked. At Palmer, like, Ugh, when he's lifting this stuff up, like, oh, God, the girl, she packs so much shit. Like, ah, just little things. Little Depleted things. Depleted uranium uh, slugs. I don't know. Tungsten yeah. slugs in that bag. Yeah, she packed all those ba- Boston Dynamics uh, life-sniffing dogs, and they're all made out of, like you said, depleted uranium, and they're all in those <laughs> bags. Okay, maybe. Maybe. But still. But still, yeah. everyone remember. Like, you know what? If I was directing these episodes, every every time I before I if I was on Happy Valley, every time I was about to roll cameras, I'd be like, "All right, everybody, remember Mars gravity one third Earth. All right, go like just a little, you know, just 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 a little bit, just just a little lightness of your step. Mm-hmm. Remember that when you're lifting something heavy, it shouldn't be as heavy as it is. Like I don't know, but there's no one does any of that stuff on this show. It's like there's yeah. zero awareness of it. Seems like it." It's getting to the point when they're, like, piloting spaceships and stuff. They don't even, like... They used to, like, kind of hang their arms and stuff when they were... You know, like, Ed was strapped into, like, the Ranger. They don't even do that shit anymore. It's just, like, they're just... They're they're just in a... The cockpit of a 747, man. Uh Uh-huh. Running the long haul from L.A. to Australia. T-minus three seconds until the ad. Touchdown, and we're back. Uh, speaking of things that are different on Mars, the doctor examines Alex. He's doing better here than on Earth, and uh, he tells K 
Kelly about working with the, uh, her father. Or I, I guess he tells Alex about working with his grandfather. Yeah. Good scene. I mean, there's basically telling that the Kelly's surmisal about her son's health is correct. There's something interesting about him being more at home here than Earth. I am wondering if they're setting up Kelly's kid to be the first true Martian. Like there's going to be some kind of yeah, symbolic like significance it. to him. He was conceived on Mars. He was made for Mars. Like, you know, so some kind of. A uh, broader point they're going to make about humanity. Um, I I can't quite pick it out yet, but it does look like they're doing something there. I think everything they're doing with the Baldwin family is telling us they're like the true first Martian family. Um, like Ke- Kelly's never going back either. I mean, between oh, Ed yeah. never going back and Alex being better up here than he is on Earth, she's never going back. And I don't even know if it's a possibility at this point. I with the developments at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. You steal an asteroid from Earth. I don't know how that changes the calculations on who comes and goes from Mars, but I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah, will Mars be a rogue state? I think there's huge potential for Mars to have Mars to be blockaded uh, from one direction or another. Or could it be taken over by the North Koreans? Because I feel like the CIA plot is setting us up for North Koreans to be armed to the teeth and ready for like, you know, they've got all these uh, military age people with secreted weapons and they're going to let, you know, like Dev thinks that he is the master of uh, of everything. But, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times when big companies like that run against nation states, they forget about the monopoly of force. You know, yeah, right. Dev doesn't have a private army. No one on Mars has like, you know, the, the, well, like they got one or two CIA guys with like plastic bullets. What if the North Koreans just have a couple of uh, AK-47s, you know, like KGB's got some people up there. Yeah, I, I'm that's what I'm super interested to see is how this shakes out power wise, because there's going yeah. to be a power struggle for Mars once Dev declares his intentions. It's an, it's 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 an escalation like, you know, just like, you know, you say I'm not going to not going to load your fuel. Fine, we'll do it ourselves. Uh, we're going to steal all your suits. We're going to crawl through the pipes. We're going to mm-hmm. disable the pipes. Like, what is the countermeasure for Dev stealing a 20 trillion asteroid from Mother Earth? I don't I, believe they considered it. <laughs> I don't think Marv and the Bullfinch are going to be like, oh, my God, we let this guy steal our asteroid. Arr, you we'll know? get him next time. No, no, definitely Although there's going to be repercussions. Would, that would be uh, that'd be on brand for Marv to completely be <laughs> ill prepared for someone to to resist. Yeah, totally. Very wet bandit of him. Uh, so Palmer's crew slowly makes their way through the shit tunnels. Uh, they make it to the generators and begin starting the backup. There will be complications here in a bit. Um, that's just kind of a getting to the point scene. So. I, feel like we should I was move scared on. to death this whole time that like there was going to be something more sinister, like the workers like finding out they're going through the pipes and they just flood the pipes. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, I do not want to see these guys drown in these tubes on Mars. That seems like like worse than drowning in tubes on Earth somehow. Um, dying on Mars is always worse than dying on Earth. I think. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's got to be more painful, and the rescue attempts are more fraught. You know. Hmm. Um. But but it turns out like I was right to be nervous because these these people were doomed one way or another. Yeah, I, I was just waiting for it to get worse. Um, 
all the way up until the point that it did. Yeah. It didn't really surprise me that things went uh, fucko up here. Uh, so it's family spaghetti dinner time in Ed's quarters. Kelly brought the shitty powdered Parmesan and Ed puts it on Alex's food even though he didn't want him to. Then Ed and Kelly are kind of seemingly on opposite sides of the strike here. Ed's fighting to make this place a quote-unquote real home and she's all about the research that could be done. And then somebody comes in and says, Ed, we have a problem. Uh, yes. Was it the um, quantity of cheese that Alex objected to? Because... I saw what Ed did to his own pasta, and that was horrendous. It is pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Like the the cheese, I, I, I'm not I gonna the quality of the cheese is bad, sure, but a little sure. bit. Yeah, you might enjoy that, but my God, it's more cheese than pasta, man. <laughs> it feels like it'd be dry and dusty. Yeah, powdery in your mouth, terrible. Yeah, like you're taking a cinnamon challenge, only with <laughs> grated craft uh-huh. parmesan. Uh, yeah, it's 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 also just like he, clearly that this kid has not been raised this way. He's not mm-hmm. like, you know, he doesn't express a preference and people just ignore it, you know, and he's already kind of unsure about Ed. And now and, and Ed just like really sticks his dick into the mud here. Like, you know, Kelly worked at McMurdo and thought it was a very worthwhile thing. And in fact, I, I got the feeling that like that was a friction point with her and Ed that like. You know, Ed comes up, it's like, hey, I got you a ticket to Mars. And she's like, yeah, but I'm doing my research here. And he's like, oh, that's, but that's stupid. Mm-hmm. And he goes right back to it. It's like, you know, she's like, hey, even if, even if Earth takes the asteroid, like Mars will still be an important, you know, research out. And he's like, oh, great. It's going to be a backwater like McMurdo. And she's yeah. like, what the fuck? You're coming after like a big part of my career again, old man. Like he's just, ah. Uh. And it's funny, you mentioned the uh, Parmesan. The way they filmed that, I actually for a split second thought that they were making a point like he's uncontrollably shaking it. Like this is like this is like it's like this is how this is how much this is how much cheese Ed wants to put on spaghetti. And then the Parkinson's took over and it's like him and Kelly oh both slowly God. being horrified. But it's like no, he, he wants he can't that give much up cheese. The game. He can't stop until the trainers right. stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. they'll know. <laughs> yeah, no, I got to cover it by putting it on my grandson. See, you guys got to put way too much cheese. Like, <laughs> oh my god. Look, yeah, I, I thought, I thought, like, I was, I was expecting Kelly to grab his wrist and like, Dad, are you okay? And him to do, but no, he just wants that much fucking cheese. Yeah, I feel like that's consistent. He's he's the cheese man when it comes to spaghetti night. I got to go back and watch season two to see how much, because I felt like he used to cons- like like maybe a tablespoon, which is too much, I think. Well, he's been up on Mars. I mean, when's the last time he's had this shitty Parmesan, man? He's yeah, he's overdoing it, but it's been a while. So he's going to go through a fourth of his cheese supply that he can never replenish. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> For that first meal, I mean, he remembers how delicious it is. Yeah. Uh, all right, so Ed's informed that the fuel plant is starting again. However, one of their people grabbed the flow regulator, so they won't be able to run them. Um, the astronauts notice that missing regulator and try to bypass it, and they do manage to get it working temporarily, but something goes wrong and the system explodes. Motion to refer to astronauts acting in this capacity as astroscabs and Russians okay. as cosmoscabs. Mm-hmm. Because that's what they are. That's what that's the cross. That's the real line. We're crossing picket lines to management, crossing picking lines to try to run the factories themselves. Totally. 
and yeah. and God, causing like, chaos. Like what I assume is a life threatening situation for everyone on the base. Yeah, and it's like I'm reminded of that phrase. Like if you if you make peaceful uh, protest uh, impossible, that you will get violent resistance in in its place. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, like at what point you know someone will eventually have to go to direct violence um, as as part of these countermeasures. Um, and if it's the workers that do it first, they're terrorists, you know. And if mm-hmm. the companies do it first, they're just you know they're just uh, they're, they're making tough economic calls. So it just seems like the decks are stacked against these these guys. Um, yeah, absolutely. So. Aleda barges into Eli's office to tell him that he needs to stop Margo from coming to Houston. And Eli says, well, my hands are tied. Can't do that. Um, And the conversation is interrupted by the notification of the explosion at Happy Valley. It's it's funny because like I, 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 man, I wish, I wish they did more with these uh, debates because because Aleda is like, well, you know, this is like having the the moon defector lead up our space program and marv has the reasonable take of like well yeah but margo uh that that you know if we did that then the russians would be like well what is his qualifications to run this program like margo is the person running that program and she's a brilliant engineer there's reasons of, but like i feel like Aleda also this is kind of like another labor thing where she could dig in her heels and just be like well none of us at nasa or helios are going to work with this trader but she could. instead, it's yeah. like they're just like one or two dance moves, and Alita is just like, Arr! but I guess, I guess, uh, I guess I'll have to acquiesce here, or maybe yeah. not. Maybe they're setting up for some resistance uh, from Helios and NASA next next episode. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's gonna be interesting if uh, Alita and Margo are brought into proximity, which they almost, you know, unless she stonewalls. Uh, yeah, they certainly will be. But the show is kind of like unreasonable where it's like, he's like, hey, you know, the M7 charter. She's like, fuck the M7. It's like, well, you can't do that. You know, you can't just disregard the 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 agreements you've made. Just But, but I don't know, because it feels like all season uh, the M7 is constantly being for. appealed to. But yeah, people violate the, the spirit and letter of that all the time. So and Eli himself has at one point said well you know that was under the old regime right those exactly. agreements don't stand anymore exactly because uh, your government changed under coup uh, yeah uh, it's it's complicated but I, I do think it's going to be I mean Aleda so, so the thing is like Aleda's running Helios uh, as far as like the, the back and forth between the governments here I she doesn't have any real reason that she would have to work with Margot other than the financial interest, right? Like she could stonewall this and there's nothing really that the government could do about it. She could say, nope, Margot's not going to be the liaison uh, because Helios will not work with her. And that's fine if you guys don't want to work with Helios, but Helios has all the power up on Mars. So good yep. luck with that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's what's going to happen. I don't know if that's where Alita wants to take it, but we'll see. So the explosion victims are carted into the med bay with serious burns, and some don't survive. 
they actually didn't get those burns in the accident. They got those burns from Palmer dragging them high speed through that tube. Friction just burns. Friction yeah. burns. Yeah, those, those are those are pipe burns, not like from a cocaine or crack pipe, mm-hmm. from a coolant pipe. Ironically, uh, <laughs> happens when you get gray water in your open wounds. Uh, nothing good. Nothing good. <laughs> no? I don't think you get. Com- I don't think you get compost seepage and open wounds that, that anything good happens. And like. I just don't understand why they couldn't make it a point like that because that would have added the grayness of it if like the workers were horrified and that they had in an act of like compassion and solidarity with everyone on Mars had been like, oh, here's our suits. We're going to go back and get like, at, you know, the, 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 they could have been an all hands on deck and then. Then, 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 then the, uh, the the contrast of what you know Washington and Moscow are doing to the workers would be even greater. But again, I think weirdly, this show is kind of on the establishment side. You know, like I think the show's yeah, it's it's definitely it's, it's, de- it's definitely calling attention to the fact that terrorism stuff is bullshit. But I think it's closer to what the show's opinion is than they want to let on. Maybe I yeah I I really I man I'm gonna have to see the fullness of this season to see what their point is like which side they come down on because mm-hmm. they are painting a very complicated picture because the issue is complicated you know mm-hmm. the way all of our interests are entangled um it's weird yeah so I, I just I, I I'm just saying as I'm calling balls and strikes I look at this episode and I go back to what I said in the beginning where every single time the workers threw up a complication to NASA it was playing the challenging mm-hmm. dangerous crisis music for Danny and her team and every time Danny and her team overcame it was triumphant you know Ed sticking the landing on Mars you know Gordo and Tracy turning the the reactor coolant flow on and then when the, the 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 thing exploded back to the the chaos, it just seems like or the at least the show's composer is on the establishment side. Well, they're they're on Danny's side. I mean, Danielle is the the sympathetic person up here on Mars. No no one else aside from like Sam, I guess the the workers are are sympathetic. But they want an unattainable goal. She's doing her best to to try to make deals that she's not even able to really make. Like she can't come in with two trillion dollars and make this good, right? And like Dev can. Yeah, and there's there's like maybe we needed more of this. But when she says, "I've done my level best to help you people," like we don't know what it the is. The only thing yeah. I've actually seen you do is establish communications. Like that's there's like been and, a week and maybe that we skipped, and I don't know what negotiations went on, so it's hard to tell. You're but right. I think they we could have. I, I think we could have seen Danielle because, like, what I have seen Danielle is behind the scenes, privately agreeing with them. But like, whenever she's dealing with Sam or anyone that's that's actually a representative of the workers, she's pretty cold and aloof, and she really toes that company line, which she probably should as a commander. But I never then like you know like like that does damage that like a throwaway line of like Dev, your people have problems and they're legitimate issues, like. You know, but again, like, what am I expecting? Danny to like bring that into her public, you know, negotiations with these workers. Um, well, her motives are pure. That's that's the thing that always like puts me on Danny's side is her motives are pure. Even when she's siding with capital over labor here, um, she's doing it because she believes in something, and it's there's no easy route to get the thing that she believes in. 
So I want to say that up until, show, up until she deputizes the goon squad. It's very hard for me to be like, okay, people, this isn't why we're up here, but this is happening. It's crucial that it does we feel it's like, like a line has been crossed. Like, well, you know, that's, the what the, the episode, that's what the episode's called, right? And she would defend it by saying, well, I'm just trying to get this asteroid for the good of all mankind. For right? the good like of this, all mankind. Right. Yeah. But and that would be her motive. Her, this is, her but this is classic. And the show is saying that through the music. They're saying Danielle has the pure motives here. Everybody else is yeah. self-interested. Uh, but this is for all mankind in the animal farm sense of the word. I think that's the problem is like that. Like, yes, it's for all mankind, but some mankind are more get more of the, their, their share of the pie than others. It's uh-huh. for everybody. Sure. But the pigs are going to eat at the trough before anybody else gets a chance. And those pigs ain't lifting a hoof to do any work. It's like, uh, She'd probably say, well, I can't change that. The only thing I can do is get True. this asteroid. Yeah. Right? I have like, to work within the system to do. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. And uh, That's why it's so sticky. That's why it's so complicated. would love to see some of those internal wrestlings of her. Like, you know, like it'd be, it'd be nice if we had a character that she could like has a, as a sounding board. It, it, it's like maybe it's like they shouldn't have killed off Coos. Because it'd be interesting to had to see or like turned Ed, Ed so violently against her, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like maybe they disagree, but they still had gotten together. And because I don't know that they need, I still don't understand why they needed Ed being on the other side of this thing, just so that Dev can win him over somehow. I I, I got to wait to see how the rest of the season goes. But um, yeah, it's like again, so, I, so I, that Dev I can, can squint get and see asteroid. all this, but I don't know that they're telling they're telling that story particularly well and maybe not even at all they could be telling a story that i'm completely not on board with and then yeah you know no we'll see uh so eli gets casualty report down on earth um apparently one's dead more injured he's told by somebody from the gore administration every week it's a new person from the government who last week it was ron i don't know who the fuck this guy is but he says Okay, Ron and Bob. How more? How much more generic could we possibly get with the names? Well, it's uh, super funny. Do you know who this guy is? Because I'm like, I know this guy's no. face. I've seen this guy. He's like Cousin Larry from Perfect Strangers, but not exactly. Do you know Weird Al Yankovic's sidekick in UHF? The guy that was helping him manage the station? Uh, No... Do you know I, I UHF? can't recall. Yeah, I know UHF. That's certainly. this guy. That's this guy that was helping huh. him do volcano worshiper worshiping hours and wheel of fish and and do you know his name on that 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 uh, that that uh, movie is? <laughs> I'm assuming it's Bob. It's Bob. I think this is a UHF joke. I think this is just a UHF joke. Well, hi Bob. It's nice to have you on for all mankind. <laughs> exactly uh, right. Yeah, that's funny. His name's anyway, David Bowie, so, too. That's super funny, right? What? This guy's real-life name is David Bowie. No. <laughs> Spelled B-O-W-E. Wow. Nice. Uh, so, so, yeah, the David Bowie here tells, the, tells Eli that the CIA has a spy with weapons on Happy Valley they might be able to use to get things under control. Eli immediately shuts that idea down hard. And then Will suggests essentially the same idea just by deputizing astronauts to take over the station and Eli agrees to that 
I think an unarmed goon squad is a notch or two below an armed police state. A CIA takeover, yeah, right? I, I, like, I, I, it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's a notch or two. It's, 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 it's a notch or two. It's not a big, it, but like it's the same in in kind, but not in severity. I guess. Yeah, like there's accountability that like a CIA black ops on Mars wouldn't have, you know? Sure. Um, and again, they they don't have weapons. I, I they, but now. Now they've got this attenuated energy projectile system that's in play. Mm-hmm. We also know that there's still a, a there's a North Korean pistol that's in play. Mm-hmm. I think, like I haven't forgotten about it. I don't think Lee's forgotten about it. Um, it's got to, yeah. But uh, it is funny that like that Marv. I, it, it's not clear to me why he thought that the CIA thing was insane. And that, like, you know, he's clearly uncomfortable stopping his terrorist attacks. But then when Will's like, you know, we got a lot of ex-military people up there. We could probably just get the 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 the, the most gung-ho Marines and the most uh, the, the craziest of the whatever the, the the Russian side of that is and and get him to just rough people up. And he's like, yeah, let's do that. Mm-hmm. Does, is that, is that like similar in, in kind, but. Yeah, what is that phenomenon? It's like moral license where, you know, um, by presenting a worse option, you can make a bad option seem palatable. Yeah. Like, does, is, is if Will just came to his office like, hey, I was thinking, we got a bunch of ex-military people up there. Russia does, too. What if we just deputize them, muscle up, and start kicking in doors? And, you know, he'd be like, Jesus Christ, that sounds horrific. Mm-hmm. But on the back of the CIA guy saying, hey, let's let's use our... These are James Bond gear up there to to you know cow like to to to, to cow the resistance. Also, what does this solve? Because right now this is about punishment. This is not about solving the problem. Um, I don't think this is about this is necessarily going to get any workers back to work. Well, okay, I mean, so you cause... find the regulator, you find who had it, who was responsible for that, and you charge yeah. them. Okay, you still got the strike going on. I think it's interesting because I, I did some looking up in this. Uh, you know, I hear a term I've never heard before: this attenuated energy projectile system. The world's very first one was invented by the British, and they called it a baton round, and it was designed specifically to deal with riots and protests during the Troubles with Ireland. So I hear a CIA. I'm I'm hearing we're essentially sending in the Pinkertons with nightsticks, and we're going to club the workers. Yeah, and and essentially, yeah, uh, force them back to work. We're going to use the power yeah. of the state against them. That sounds like what it is, but they don't do any of that. There, there's and, that's never right. A we thing do that see the show them, shows us they just toss their quarters looking for this some regulator. jackbooted thuggery but not with like what but like i i do wonder because that's the thing is like well what how, okay so let's say how many how many of those baton rounds do you think you got up there in mars you know <laughs> uh, 50 100 if i think that's a crazy amount for a cia operation to have let's say they got eh, 50 100 Ilya probably found it he's got it <laughs> the cargo yeah, came exactly. up his contact said hey you want this yeah 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 um i do wonder like what's their plan for like when they run out of their last baton round and now they have mm-hmm. uh a workforce that outnumbers them what do you think 10 to 1 and is pissed off and is pissed and because they've had baton rounds used after them and they've got lead pipes and everything else what do you think is going to happen yeah. it does seem it's all short-sighted but it's nakedly short-sighted because they're like, well, we got like a couple weeks to get this. And if not, we, we lose the opportunity forever. 
but they don't tell that story. If they showed them coming in with batons and and <laughs> batons of both kinds, you know, uh, mm-hmm. coming in and beating the shit out of workers to get them back to work, then I buy that that's about getting this asteroid. This just feels punitive. This feels like we want to find the person responsible right now. Yeah. And they're ignoring the bigger problem, which is we still don't have this asteroid and now we don't have a fuel refinery. I think it's putting a little pressure because I, I think that they, the the blonde lady that did the disabling of the pump, it seems like one of the big reasons she crossed the line is that like the amnesty for prosecution. Like when she sees uh-huh. the base, you know, everyone's turning stuff. She starts, I think she's sweating bullets. So I, I definitely think pressure was applied. And, and I, I did think they showed some, some pretty grade A jackbooted thuggery. Like those people coming in his quarters, like they were busting people up when they tried to get in their way. And and you're right, it seemed extremely punitive in a lot of the way these raids do. Like, not like, hey, we have reason to believe you might have blah blah blah. Let's come in and do a it's just just tossing shit, throwing it onto the floor, ripping things yeah. up, tearing things up. And it's like part of it is the humiliation and the lack of control. Part of that is the point. It's not just investigatory, it's like you said, punitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't punitive enough, I guess, to make it feel like they were really trying to accomplish something here. Well, we still got the CIA in the back pocket. True. And uh, I bet, and I bet they wouldn't follow the chain of command either. I bet Al Gore could just like, personally activate them, and they just do it. Like they're no liaising with Danny or nothing. Just chunk chunk. We're already with the baton rounds. Here we go. Speaking of back pockets, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how Deb thinks he's going to accomplish his goal. Uh, of stealing this asteroid now that there's no fuel being made on Mars and won't be for the foreseeable future. That whole facility is gone. Well, I think he's got him back. I think he's got the majority of the workers back working on it. And I I think that you're... What good is that if you don't have the spacecraft fueled up to go catch this asteroid? Well, but so I think you're supposed to understand because Dev says today, if we don't start today repairing the facility and loading the spaceships, it will be too late. So like... I think you're supposed to understand that it's just on the border of being feasible. If they, if, if like a hundred workers go back to work, start repairing the facility and start refueling things, they could, they could do it. It felt like it was just feasible weeks ago before. Well, Dev left but for that's Mars. before a late, you're supposed to also understand a latest plan, which we don't know what the fuck it is because it was all yada, yada, yada. Uh, with stirring music played under, a latest plan is so fucking brilliant to redirect that to Earth rather than Mars that it uses a fraction of the propellant. And but now they're redirecting it to Mars. I mean, well, there so you it go. Should be 10 yeah, times you're right. The propellant. You're right. I mean, it's yeah. It's, like, what is Dev? Does Dev have a super secret, even sneakier plan? So when I wonder if he's got like maybe reserves but, on the Phoenix that they don't know about or, or they're going to send it to Earth with him but it's going to be on a slingshot trajectory so it just goes around Earth slingshots <laughs> back to Mars that'd be funny yeah yeah he catches like, it on the way back yeah yeah and I I that actually might be what they're doing because then it Earth would be would hilarious then, yeah but I would think Earth would see it. It's like, this is not coming in the projectile for a capture orbit. It's coming They'd in see for it, but a... what are they going to do about it? Like, what, are they going to put something in front of it to try and stop it? They don't have the means to grab it, right? All of the would equipment Earth that nuke they nuke an asteroid just out of spite? <laughs> Maybe. Like I think if, that's going to we... be part of the... Because the... that's... Yeah, like, where when's the brinksmanship stop, right? Right. right. Like, we're not going to let you steal you're... this thing. We will nuke this thing rather than see you... Start like that. But now we are firmly in expanse. This is... This is 23rd century Martian yeah. Earth politics. <laughs> no, I mean, the, shit has changed at the end of this episode. Like, 
if Deb actually executes any kind of plan to try and steal this asteroid, it's essentially war between the two planets. And they don't have the means to directly like fight a war at the moment. But the, it's it's going to be a cold war between Mars and Earth. When you said Dev's going to execute this, were you making a DMX pun? <laughs> no. He should have taken credit for it because it's a pretty good one. Was it? See, I don't even know enough about DMX to know. Dev's going was... to execute. Yeah, it's just X. You know, X going to give it to him. Dev's going to execute. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> See, now that I've explained the joke, it's a million times funnier. Right. Right. It always is. Uh, why does Will even warrant being in this meeting? I don't remember what position he is, uh, but he's finding he's... out about national secrets here with the CIA being up on Happy Valley. It doesn't seem like he would want to have that discussion in front of an underling. I think he's got a Molly Cobb's old position. He's like the director of astronaut affairs. You know, he's like has final say on all the astronaut blah, blah, blah. So I think it made sense for him to be in there. Uh, the CIA stuff feels like a one on one with the director of NASA. But what do I know? True. Feels like anyway. Al Gore should have been in that room. That's the other thing. It feels yeah, like some of these. Yeah. Feels like a lot of these meetings should have take place at the White House. Um, but and, the deep fakes it, were too expensive. Yeah. And if it was Ellen, it would have been. But now it's it's Al Gore. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, that's a real bummer. Because you're right. They should be in a conference room at the White House. Yeah. Uh, I also found it very offensive to label the Helios workers terrorists in this scene. We talked about it a little bit, but they were not the cause of the explosion. Uh, and trying to lump ins- them in with the explosion at JSC before is vile. It's disgusting. Well, and I wish exactly it was the worst how thing. the government would respond. I wish it was the worst thing the CIA has ever done, but unfortunately, that's not true. <laughs> no, uh, it's it's done with such uh, casualness too. Uh, it's just like, oh yeah, and these people are terrorists now. I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, what? No, and the thing your is, own like, idiocy got you here. And the thing is, is like I got it from the from Bob here that it's that this is a genuine belief. Like he actually thinks that an argument can be made that these people are terrorists of the same stripe as the people that blew up the JSC. And it is insane. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that Marv says so. But yeah, and it's it, but it shows just how easy it is to get that twisted up. It's like, well, people died because of other people's actions. Like, well, those other people's actions weren't even proximate to it. Nope. Like. They like we had an astronaut on the ground say this is a bad idea. You can't just bypass a regulator. That's ah, primary. We got a secondary here. Ah, we had people you know. untrained on the equipment working on it, and that's yes. what caused the explosion. That's the pro- yes. that's the cause. The the yes. thing is they're setting up a setting up something dangerous, which is treating labor movements as terrorist groups, which is sure right because like the the only connection here between the two things is there's a proto-union forming on Mars that is working mm-hmm. against the government's interest mm-hmm. and those people who bombed the JSC were disaffected former energy workers like that that's like the most that's the closest connection and it's extremely yeah. tenuous yeah and on a good economic policy could have probably prevented both this is the other sad yeah. fact yeah absolutely uh, so I wonder if that's going to be an issue going forward we'll see uh, Danielle briefs the new security detail, sends them out to find out who stole the flow regulator. They toss the crew quarters, destroying people's personal belongings. Like we said, this is pretty punitive. Uh, and just saying we need to find those responsible for that explosion. Your guys were responsible for it. You are responsible for it, Danny. Sorry. Hate to tell you. 
We'll be back right after this spacewalk. Strap in, we're diving into more for all mankind. Yeah, like I said, this is where St. Danny's halo starts to get a little little tarnished because... Yeah, I agree. She is, uh, I think... Uh, yeah, she's, she's carrying the water a little bit too much. It's disappointing. It's hilarious to look back on earlier in the season when Danny was approached to come up here and how she reacted with Ed and me thinking, this is exactly what the base needs. Danielle's going to come here and solve all the problems that Ed's, you know, oblivious to the worker's nature has caused. Uh, kinder, gentler Danny's going to fix it all. Nope. <laughs> Not even no. close. Do you think there's a little bit of her personal beef with Ed getting through into here too? That like she is, you know, all of Helios' struggle is Ed's rebellion in her mind? Because I, like I said, I, I thought she was a little Kinda. bit more sympathetic to the workers than this. And she's as, she's close to the ground as anybody. She should know that like this all this terrorism stuff is a bunch of bullshit. Maybe I'm just but, giving her the benefit of the doubt, but I feel like there's a little bit of that in there. Like she would acknowledge, yeah, I'm kind of pissed at Ed too, but I'd still feel like her primary motivation is getting this asteroid for the good of all mankind. Yeah. There's just something about that speech. He's like, you know, none, none of us came here for this, but now we're here and we got to get this like, but are you there? And do you have to? Yeah. It'd be nice to, just to see one of the astronauts, you know, who are all highly educated <laughs> to be like, can't can, I've done the math back of the, the math uh, calculations on this for how many people are in happy Valley the likely profits, like not even one percent of the profits of a year, could make all this go away. Just, just have somebody say it. But it can't. I mean, that's the the prob. The sticking point here is they want something that's unattainable. That that the yes, they're going to have to flex on the Mars thing, ever, except ever for they're them. not because Dev's going to steal it. But like, I think that that um, you could give them a package that was generous enough and has a plan for their future. Like you're going to, we're going to commit that everyone on Mars is going to get redirected to low Earth orbit to do the mining. But they don't believe them. I mean, there's a fundamental breakdown of trust here too, because when they talk about you know a guaranteed retraining package, they say that's bullshit. It's not even. Well, this time, this time you get a. But but here I'm gonna push back on these fucking laborers a little bit. You got worked. You got job because you didn't read your fucking contract. So now that you're all in solidarity and you rework the contract, get a union lawyer to look over it because like contracts aren't bullshit. Like they are, they mean something uh, or else, you know, people wouldn't fight over them. Right. So like, yeah, okay. You don't believe people get that shit in writing. And I guess that's another problem is like dev didn't, this is all a handshake deal. He does at the oh, end yeah. of the episode. Oh, so yeah. like, but I don't know. Like I said, it's it's just I this this season needed to be twice as long or something to to to, to, to tell because because no matter how they end the asteroid plot, I still think the organized crime. That's the other thing is like where the hell was Miles? I know he's doing his own thing, but like does he not? Does none of this stuff concern him? Is is the labor uh, now that Ed knows that there's an un, there's a there's a criminal enterprise going on? There's no. Use or like I'm surprised they didn't lay the organized crime 
uh, organized labor pipeline a little bit more this this episode Mm -hmm. because it feels like they're definitely going to connect those pipes at some point but is a missed opportunity Miles has disappeared this episode yeah a Uh, couple mean mugs between him and Ilya but that was it yeah Uh, yeah let's uh, go on to Ed trying to keep his uh, the pressure on his people putting the pressure on him uh dev shows up and tells everyone that he respects them but that their goal is impossible but he has a solution he offers them a 40 percent increase in pension uh, a health plan a generous health plan shares of helio stock better safety regulations uh amnesty from prosecution which i'm not even sure he can offer uh and a quadruple pay bonus for the first hundred people to cross the line and he appeals to the love of their families and gets them to give in yeah, it's so funny because he's like, uh, don't you know what's th- this abstract notion of togetherness? Like that's a direct shot at his mom. That's not what's important to you. What's important is your family and da 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 da. da. Um, he's using he's using Harambe against them. Yeah, and uh, Ed says he's trying to buy us off. And you know, I said earlier this is textbook union busting stuff. You know, offer a yep. uh, few, offer enough of the group a sweetheart deal that they will be forced essentially to take it. And then the rest of the group falls apart because they don't have the numbers, uh, textbook stuff. Here's the thing. He offers some things that like, I, I, I don't know. There's an interesting tension here between like the storytelling and the offer, um, that make it feel like he's right in some spaces because like we know for a fact that the thing they're asking for, which is this asteroid to come to Mars, will never happen. We just, at least, we, and, and, they and people might be like, it. how do you know that? Because we already saw the powers that be were going to let this asteroid go rather than fund uh-huh. a, for a $10 trillion project that wouldn't see returns in 35 years. So, like, yeah, Earth absolutely, if they're like, hey, we got to bring this, to they'd be like, well, you, then you fucking do it all by yeah, yourself. We're not, we're, we're not bothering. It's not worth it to us. Yeah. And I don't think Mars can. That's the thing. I don't think Mars is in a position where they can do this without Earth. Earth is definitely not in a position to do it without Mars. Mm-hmm. But Dev somehow is going to steal it. And and yeah, I, I bet yeah, it's like I bet Ed's it's some kind out of some things that are true here. Like he's trying to buy us off. Yeah, that's exactly what he's doing. But he's also one hundred percent correct that their actual goal is unattainable. So yeah. a buyout is the only possible option here. We know as as show watchers, they don't know that, right? Like this offer of first hundred people to cross the line, this is a tempting offer, but it's also, like you said, a handshake deal. And they don't know that they can't actually get the thing that they want if they just stay together here. Yeah. Yeah. But we do. So so Dev comes off come comes off looking like the guy who is the most pragmatic negotiator in the room, right? He understands all the stakes. He understands all the positions and he is giving them the best possible deal, which is why I think like he doesn't actually come off looking that bad in this episode, even though he's busting up a union because we know they can't get the thing they want. My 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 question is why is he do going about it this way? Why doesn't he, cause he can't let earth know that he's stealing the asteroid. Yeah. And speed. He needs them back now. Man, it's rough. It's rough because it's just morally kind of off the the. You know, oh, we're, know, we're talking about like yeah, big picture. The morality here is kind of gross, but 
like in the moment it's the best offer possible right i mean yeah except for the people who don't was, cross the line which is it was weird to give ed the line of you're killing mars because ed doesn't really care ed doesn't like yeah like, i i agree that's in the weird. abstract sense of mars as a thing like uh, maybe he maybe he does want it to be something bigger um but I don't know. I've just like there was some real passion there. I wish they'd get that line to like Sam or one of her compatriots because it's just like giving it to the the guy that's in it for the wrong reasons felt weird to me. Yeah, and I I don't think this. I think the story they've told the least, if that's where they're going with it, is Ed genuinely caring about what happens with Mars. Right. He's more about he yeah. wanting to just die up here in space because he's an old space guy. Doesn't have anything yeah. that he cares Which, for at home. Uh huh. And stick it and, to Danny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I also th- another uh, follow-on thought is I thought that what Dev it felt like what Dev was offering was just the same kind of stuff that Danny was offering, just a little bit better. Like when I hear someone saying, mm-hmm. uh, "We're going to increase your pension contributions," something that happens in the future, and I've lived through multiple attempts of people's pensions being just completely raided by corporate. So what the hell does that even mean? Uh a uh, better health plan again stuff that's going to happen in the future might impact your family in the future but it's not putting the money and shares of Helios stock that's the only concrete offer but like unless you know how much mm-hmm. and you know uh, yeah you get one uh, share great wonderful yeah like what does that actually mean and the fact that people are crossing this line with it's, it's a handshake deal with dev and like you said um, immunity to prosecution that's actually something but what power does he have to grant that? If yeah. America, like, these are, they these label are federal charges. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how he could ever offer that without being laughed out of the room, but maybe I missed a line about him, you know, having the legal authority here. Uh, we've, you know, this is a plan from NASA and us, or from the U.S. government, the president and us. Mm-hmm. I don't think but so because like that's everything because the dev blew off Danny the whole time, which makes sense now because he's going to betray her. But yeah, I don't think no, I don't think this is a plan from Washington. I think this is something that Dev's coming up on his own. Yeah, this will be super interesting. See how Danny reacts to it all. Uh, so Margot arrives outside the MSC uh, MCSE to a mob of reporters. And Eli welcomes her and walks her inside. We get a conspicuous shot of the American flag here from above. She's back on American soil. Can, <laughs> is, is Margaret going to try to re-defect? Can she say, Eli, Eli, they're keeping me prison. I didn't mean anything I said in that speech. Can you get me out? <sighs> uh, I, I, man, I, I, I don't think you can rule it out. But that would be such a provocation to Moscow at this point. Like mm-hmm. you're promising mm-hmm. diplomatic immunity and they get over there and then you just, you know, you you let them defect. Yeah. But also I could I, see something, you know, the KGB black bag and her Russian Aleda and her wanting to do that. And how would it but look man, in the public side if Margaret comes out and makes the speech? Like, yeah, dude. none of what I said there, that was all coerced uh, at gunpoint. You know, I mean, at this point, that she'd be a triple agent. I don't see how anyone could possibly, you know. I I think Mar. I I hope they're telling the story of Margot making her bed. 
Like that's the thing. I, I it's think like, so. I think so. Like season one, Margot could avoided season four, Margot's fate. But mm-hmm. like every single time she's had the chance to do that, she has stepped more. She is she has crawled further into that bed and pulled the covers up further and closer to her chin. So I hope to tell the story of her making a. It's a sad. It's tragic. Like I can even kind of mm-hmm. rationalize the decision she's made as she went. But she made a lot of bad calls. And I think the show's done a good job of showing that she got in for human reasons, but she also was a little too proud and a little too arrogant and thought that the rules didn't apply to her and that she was smart enough. Her and Sergey were smart enough to get, get one over on there. And she was wrong. She bet fucking wrong and she's paying the price. If she mm-hmm. gets out of that, I don't know how that would sit with me. Yeah. I don't think they're going to tell that story. I think it's going to be more the drama that Aleda has to confront yeah. about her mentor being, you know, still generally on the side of the thing that they both love which is space but also being the the terrible person and there's something delicious about her mentor von braun you know his penalty was having Mm -hmm. to live in a country that despised him and saw him as you know after the things got out saw him as a as a turncoat a traitor and a nazi in you know uh an all but name uh, and that's something he had to live with and it was tough for him. It's kind of interesting to see Margot in the exact same position where she's kind of yeah, captured I as agree. a spoil of war and now has to live amongst people who don't really take her seriously and don't respect her and don't trust her. Mm-hmm. And hopefully Aleda will see all that shit and choose smarter choices. Yeah, we'll see. So far, so good. Uh, the final scene here, Ed takes out his frustration on his exercise bike in his quarters when Dev stops by and asks Ed to help him steal the Goldilocks asteroid from Mars. And then, boom, the needle drop. Waiting for that hip-hop needle drop. Uh-huh. Uh, and we fucking got it now. It was a good and one. It got hype at the end of this episode, man. Yeah, that's what I'm like I was kind of like, you know arms crossed eyes narrowed at a lot of this episode but i gotta say i am like i do think they could pull out all the stops and do a rip roaring asteroid theft high stakes you know we the audience know all the information everybody else trying to figure it out like classic you know early season season one season two for all mankind it is is ron moore make that big a difference because I know he kind of like was checking out in season two and was out by, you know, season three. But it does seem to me that for all men, that's the thing. I, I want to get reinvested, but I just don't know if these people have it to pull that off. And I don't know if it's the Ron Moore of it or, you know, I know we talked with our buddy Pete and he's kind of like, kind of poo pooed that and that, uh, you know, Ron maybe was the idea guy, wrote a couple season one scripts, but it's always been the showrunner. But I, I don't know. Or maybe it's just that as they get closer to present day, the the what ifs and the butterfly wings, the flat wing flaps get so large and outsized that it, it's hard to make something as believable and as, as solid as the, I, I don't know. But I want to get excited about this asteroid heist. I'm just this this whole season has made me very nervous about if that's going to feel satisfying i recently rewatched deep space nine and that show uh you know the ron moore is a big part of that show sure 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 yeah and i 
I remember the Dominion War part of that show being pretty expertly run from a political standpoint. Um, uh-huh. and, and especially when there were, you know, lines crossed throughout that, that whole run. I, I did think that it had just a firm foundation that it stood on. So maybe, I mean, I, look, I don't know his exact involvement in the show. Maybe he has been there for three seasons, but like, I look at everything that happened on DS9 and I say, well, if Ron Moore was a part of that uh, and a big part of why that was so successful, maybe he was also a big part of why this felt like it came together so perfectly because he did sweat those details. And, you know, if even if he wasn't writing the scripts uh, personally, he could still be there saying, no, this doesn't quite ring true. Let's go with this angle. This person would be concerned about this. These government forces would be working in this way. Um and and really, he was the guy that tied the plan together. But I don't know that for a fact. I can just go on what I've seen of this show and what I've seen of Ron Moore's history. And, and then you can also like point to Battlestar Galactica and say, yeah, it didn't always work out there, but a lot of the time it worked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people just didn't like the ending of that show. And that's fine. But I don't know. I, I immensely enjoyed both of those series. And I think Ron Moore being a big part of that and a big part of this is what made it feel so grounded yeah i just i i wor- here's my big worry for the asteroid plot my big worry for the asteroid plot is it's going to be dev De- dev and you know ed dev's going to be in a room and they're like all right ed we're going to steal this asteroid how are we going to do it and dev's going to steeple his fingers like the way i see it and it's going to fade to another scene and then we're going to see helios dock the asteroid and they're going to do a bunch of thrusting and stuff and we're not going to know like what the actual plan is and they're going to tell it they're going to tell the heist by talking around the heist everyone sees the heist happening and nasa under but it's like we as the audience don't understand so we can't appreciate it because i think that's a very hard thing to write from a scientifically accurate and from everything i've seen the last two seasons i think they're going to rather than do all that and calculating the delta v they're just going to it's going to be a secret plan that we see unfolding through nasa's reaction to it and it's just going to feel very writerly and it's not going to feel crunchy and hard and thus the investment that we've had in previous seasons isn't going to occur and that's that's my fear i hope yeah. i'm wrong i hope i'm wrong but that's that's I'm with what you. i'm the really thinking that has of. always been attractive about this show to me is that crunchiness mixed with the drama the human drama yeah. right like they've been able to nail both of those aspects and i feel like they've kind of lost a bit of the crunchiness in this season yeah the, the, like we know the plan we can see when things go wrong we can participate with the astronauts and nasa when they're trying to fix things and make it go right mm-hmm and like from the like the original asteroid capture mission, like I didn't I, like why are they doing it this way? Why are they doing it this way? Why are they like no, they had no answers? Like shit, like you know, like when should should they jettison that the first time they get a trimmer? Like is it possible to recover from this? Like we don't know enough. It's just it's, it's just things that are happening, and people that do know are telling us things. But like I don't. You got to have a lot of trust in in the uh, the product to, to 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 enjoy a story like that. And I don't know. Like I said, I'm just worried. If I said that a million times, try saying it too much. Well, we'll see how many cables are involved because I bet there's going to be a lot of cables. <sighs> Swipping in every direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Watch out for him. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, just uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I do think there's going to be a serious like jurisdictional battle. 
that comes up if if devs try to steal this asteroid like who owns the colony on mars and who has not just the authority to back that up but the might to back it up right because uh, because dev is effectively declaring mars independent is what's going to happen if he steals this asteroid and he's got a lot of people at from best. a lot of different countries oh at best he, he could at be declaring worst, war at, at worst they're a rogue state like not even right. like a, at war like a rogue state like they're like it's it's a criminal illegitimate yeah mm-hmm. and he's got a lot of people from a lot of different factions up here and granted he has the numbers but it, he also doesn't have full capacity on food to feed everyone here uh we you got to remember they're three quarters sustainable at this point so who's going to starve um or who's going i guess are they going to prioritize getting that at 100% because they have to now yeah Th- there's just a lot of considerations and how how does earth respond if mars declares independence well they don't i have mean... necessarily the ability to respond beyond okay you're not getting any of our support anymore yeah, and if if you look at the what our track record has been when it comes to like rejecting uh you know barbarism in favor of curbing our greed, it's not been great. We almost always choose barbarism over curbing the greed. Yeah, you gotta fire so, nukes at Happy Valley. I mean what's the what's the plan here? You could or you could just boy you say, you know what? Who are you gonna sell that iridium to? That's what I was we're wondering. Gonna, too, we're yeah. gonna let you starve. And then we're going to take it all anyway. We're going to prime time. Uh, we're going to yeah pub- publicize your company. Like we're going to we're going to take Helios just, from you. They could just send a thousand Marines there with rifles and take. I mean, there's like so like Earth like Earth is definitely like if they captured the only power they've got is letting. I think the only part power Mars has got is letting asteroid go. If if once they capture it and do whatever with it, like it's then a prize to be taken, and like Mars is not in a position to develop that prize and exploit it, and Earth is, and Earth has seven eight billion people, uh, and and factories and a fucking moon base and everything else. Like yeah, I, I think it's mm-hmm. stu- yeah, like Earth will just win that fight. Yeah, it's you, hard. It's hard to get people to Mars. It's such a fragile thing, right? Traveling in space. It's not like you can roll tanks yeah. there. You're rolling eggs. You're you're like like the shells protecting these people are so brittle. If Mars could fire a single projectile at them, it might like a tiny one, right? It would true. stop them from actually landing. So but you can barely it's, feed your people. You're gonna you're gonna put your economy on a wartime footing with like a thousand I know. people. And this is what's so fascinating, right? Like how is, is this going to play out? That stuff is interesting, and the more detail they got into it, the like almost the better. But uh, agreed, yeah. And yeah. then and what about the people who are already there, right? Who want no part of Dev's independence or war or future for Mars, whatever it is. Like, does Kelly want to be trapped here? I know it's better for Alex to be here, but does she want to be yeah. trapped here? Does Miles want to be trapped here because the Earth won't accept anybody from Helios at this point? Uh, and if you go back, you're going to be prosecuted. He's got a family back there that he was just earning his good graces of again. So, like, well, and if we're talking about the realism so of many it, things. one of the really amazing things they did with the, the world building on the Expanse is they had the conceit of the Epstein Drive, which is this 
quantum leap in propulsion technology that a Martian invented. And they had excluded. It wasn't a resource that Earth could take. It was intellectual property that instantly made the Martian fleet be able to outcompete Earth on a technological and it like put Earth on its back heels. I hope they're not thinking the Iridium asteroid would be that for Mars because that's just something Earth could take by force and it doesn't immediately help. It's like they can't use that Iridium asteroid to make impenetrable shields or like high powered energy weapons or you know necessarily faster fusion drives and at least not right away and that's that's like i said the brilliant and probably most science fictiony thing of the expanse the epstein drive the thing that makes you know the whole world possible it's like the this asteroid's not that and i hope they don't try to pretend it is because i wonder if yeah they're they're gonna say well devs dev knows he's on the clock now because they will try and take this but earth needs to spin up a space program because it seems like Helios is the Earth's space program at this point. So, like, mm. I mean, I know they have the, some operations on the moon, but I don't, we don't know the extent of those anymore. Um, and I don't know who's controlling that, right? Does Helios have the monopoly on transport to the moon as well? Yeah, but like, my, my thought is like, if, if Mars is truly a rogue state and like all the M7 countries are like on board with that and it seems like they would be. The U.S. could just take everything Helos has got. The only thing they wouldn't be able to take is the stuff that's on well, Mars. Well, take it, but they need to ramp up a program, right? It's A, it's expensive. They're going to have to come up with a space program themselves, and they're going to need yeah. time to implement it. They can't just... They don't have the equipment. Helios is the space program, so they have to They don't have the it. equipment to take it, but they have the equipment to destroy Mars. And then the thing that they want is in orbit around Mars, so they could just, you know... Yeah, like but you said, new Happy Valley. On nuking... The first yeah, Martian colony is pretty bad. That's true. <laughs> pretty bad. This is true. You're the optics right. are not good on that. So it, I, it, I just I'm trying to explore all the angles, right? Like what? Because the, the one is time this the, shake the, out, it's the, kind of amazing that the whole barbarism greed thing breaks down is when there's a lot of eyeballs and a lot of like like a pr- appreciable part of their world being shocked at their sensibilities at what at the barbarism that's happening. You can um, only push that so far. Yeah. Yeah. That's when. Yeah. That's when the the colonial shit kind of breaks down so i yeah i would love to see them explore all that um Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i i think this is an audacious thing they're trying to do uh and i'll leave it at that (laughs) agreed hope it works out Uh, that's the end of the episode all right well here's the part where we normally read feedback but as i explained in the previous episode we're going on the dark side of the moon we are uh we're, we're recording this from the past uh jim and i if everything's going right are enjoying christmas break with our fr- families uh we recorded these in advance we will not catch up the feedback until uh i believe episode nine um so please continue to send it fam at baldmove.com uh, your thoughts, your your uh, your your theories, uh, what you think of uh, this feels very cowardly to to come out and say uh, to, to 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 square up against a show and, and then take off and, and avoid avoid criticism and feedback for two weeks. But that that's the them, them's the breaks. Uh, Fam at baldmove dot com. If you got your thoughts, your your opinions, uh, your feelings, your theories, send those in. If you want to find out what else we're up to, uh, we got a bunch of stuff. We had a ton of Christmas content. Uh, lots of movies we just reviewed. We're doing Fargo and For All Mankind. The best way to keep up with everything we're doing is at Bald Move on all social media, except for TikTok. We're at Baldest Move there. And finally, if you would like to help support doing what we're doing here at Bald Move and get some extra 
uh, bonus audio, video content, ad-free feeds, etc. Support.baldmove.com is how you accomplish those things. Uh, that's going to be it for us here at uh, Bald Move. Uh, until next week, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. Bye, Bob. Bye.